0: What's up, everybody? This is Mike Kosicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and you're listening to Top Shelf Fantasy Podcast. Go, Dolphins.
1: Top Shelf Fantasy. Well, thanks for the intro, Mike Kosicki. We appreciate it. Fan of the program. Yeah, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Fan. Uh, (laughs) Fan of the program. (laughs) He's our biggest number one fan. We didn't take him in our best ball league, though. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Probably should have done that. (laughs) Apologies. Uh, We did take the Komodo Dragon, though, so shout out to to Komodo Dragon. Uh, Top Shelf Fantasy, topshelffantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY. Coming to you with AFC East Division Preview. No Scotty.
2: Oh, Scotty! Hopefully, selfish. Hopefully soon he'll be here. Selfish. He will be here by the time this podcast ends. Yeah. How he, dare he stay home, take care of his child while well, so his life works.
0: No, what's selfish is his roommates. His <laughs> <your> roommates, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Leaving and, you know, not offering to watch the kid. It's like, come, come on. It's
0: also his roommate's fault that he was uh, late to
2: Dynasty weekend, too. True. Very true. Too true.
1: <laughs> too yeah, true. No. Too true. So, AFC East? AFC East. Yep. Uh, so,
2: uh...
1: Uh, oh, we're going to save the... Uh, okay. All right. We got news for the next podcast, so not this one. Corey, you put it together. You want to take it off for us? Yeah. Or um, keep it on, but, you know.
2: <laughs> I'll try to get it started off. <laughs> I'll try to start it off uh, hot. Unfortunately for you, we're going just in the order of uh, how I had these teams listed. Not necessarily best record to worst record, but we start with the New England Patriots. Kind of Homer moved by me to start with the Pats, but uh, we got to talk about their 7-9 and record last year. A little disappointing, t- trending towards very disappointing. Uh, bottom of the league, really, in points scored, passing yards. Um, the offense was just abysmal. I mean, there's no other way to put it. 27th and 30th, uh, respectively, in points scored and yards gained. So looking for a lot of improvement on that. Obviously, they made some moves in the offseason to, to address that, bringing in a whole host of new offensive weapons, whether it's Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, um, the two tight ends in, in John uh, Johnnie Smith, and hunter henry imagine Uh, if they combined him into johnny henry uh, that would probably be your best bet for a viable offense but um (laughs) the biggest question mark is still cam newton he's still the quarterback there as of right now whether mac jones can usurp him or not is gonna really depend on cam newton's play i would assume um if he's if he's balling out and he's having a great cam newton mvp year he probably stays at quarterback for for the entire season if he plays like he played last year mac jones is probably in by what week six
1: yeah, I mean, and it could even be early in that. I mean, this was a team we knew wanted a quarterback. We were pissed they didn't trade up, and the Mac Jones fell in their lap. You don't see Belichick right. take a quarterback like in
2: the first – well, he hasn't had to, I guess. Apparently,
0: <laughs> all along, that's that's who they knew that they wanted. And I say apparently because it was news to all of us.
2: Yeah, I mean, at, at that value, Mac Jones seems like the right pick um, based on whoever else you could have potentially taken at that point. I obviously wanted Justin Fields. I was very open about that. I thought he was going to go a lot sooner. Um, but, you know, no use crying over spilled milk. You already had Lawrence off the table. Uh, Wilson's off the table. And Trey Lance went in probably the only question mark pick, really. It was it was the battle between Trey Lance and Mac Jones for who was going to San Fran. And it ended up being Trey Lance and then Mac Jones falls. If Had Trey Lance fallen to the Patriots, who knows if they actually take him. I, yeah. I'm not certain that he was their guy at any point. It seems like Mac Jones was his guy. Belichick's boys with Saban. There's some There's some conversation we had there.
0: Yeah, he's also boys with Shanahan, too. So there's definitely some sort of, uh, you know, way they put it out there to make it seem like Mac Jones was going to go high. Yeah. And then he ended up falling anyway. So, I mean, it works out seeing how, uh, you know, you said, you know, Cam Newton, if he puts on MVP season, whatever. But, you know, the best thrower of the football on this team was Jacoby Myers last year. So... Yeah, that, no, no matter how mean. you
2: cut it, like Cam, Cam Newton mm-hmm. right now might be better than Mac Jones, but right now Mac Jones is better than Jared Sidham and Brian Hoyer. So if Cam Newton gets hurt again and we have to play a game where a quarterback needs to go in and play football against the Kansas City Chiefs, Mac Jones probably wins that game last yes. year where Brian Hoyer shit down his leg. Yes. So that's. There's
0: <laughs> there's, there's no way to sugarcoat this. This uh, quarterback position is absolute hot, hot garbage. Yeah. And, well, and so, I mean, you have. You, a quarter of Cam Newton's touchdowns, Jacoby Myers had also thrown. So, like, that's where we're at.
2: Yeah, an 8 touchdown to 10 interception ratio for a professional NFL quarterback is beyond unacceptable. Like, you, th- that's not an NFL offense. Yes, I understand that Cam Newton was effective on the ground. He had 12 rushing TDs. Okay. You need to throw the ball at a quarterback in the NFL. So, right, they're looking for some big improvement. I mean, he's going to use the COVID excuse. He's going to use the lack of a training camp excuse. And I'm going to make that excuse for him, like, more often than not. But... You need to see a huge amount of improvement if he's going to continue to be the the quarterback at the helm of this offense. Moving on to running backs. This is the more interesting dynamic in in Foxborough every single season. Like We have 17,000 running backs, and they're all mediocre. Like Damian Harris came through, I'd say, last year. You could almost call a breakout year, over five yards a carry. But he only played 10 games. He had 137 rush attempts, 691 yards. That's a good clip. Only had one fumble. I can take that. Does nothing for you in the passing game. Like Might as well not be there. Cam Newton, coincidentally, had the same number of rushing attempts as your <laughs> alleged number one running back in Damian Harris at 137 attempts for 592 yards, 12 touchdowns. So there's your problem for fantasy football right off the bat. Right. Cam Newton is going to steal your red zone touches in any number of ways, whether it's a sneak, whether it's a, an option play, who knows. Then you've got the the myriad of other guys just sitting on the bench waiting for for you know uh, a little crumb to fall off the table. Sonny Michelle, James White, J.J. Taylor. Um the new guy. Burkhead's gone, but they replace him with Ramondre uh, Stevenson. Right. And who knows who else is going to touch the ball on the ground. Like Gunnar Olszewski is going to be a factor in some sweep plays, and Jacoby Myers tried to run those until they realized that he's the slowest guy in the NFL. Like,
0: John Smith and Hunter Henry will run it. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> John <laughs> Smith
2: we've seen run it. So very interesting what they're going to do with the running a game, especially when the offensive line is probably the number one strength. We don't do O-line and defense in these division breakdowns, but for the Patriots – Probably one of the most important things to talk about. I wouldn't
0: be surprised if PFF has them in a top five before the season
2: starts. I believe I've seen that already. Have the, that have came they out, yeah, come I, think, out. And I think they were like two or three. I mean,
0: you you bring in a, we are we do need to talk about it for the fact that this is a running offense. You, you don't want us to talk about wide receivers on this offense, so we're going to probably do minimal of that. And more offensive line talk. I mean, you bring in Trent Brown, who two years ago absolutely made this running game on the map. So they bring him back, so that's going to be a huge plus to all of these guys.
2: Right, and there's no reason to think that they couldn't go old school I-form the whole way. I mean, they bring in two tight ends that, like yeah, and they've got Jakob Johnson who's a fine fullback as well. Not not only that, but you can play John Smith and Hunter Henry in that uh fullback spot as well and have one overload on the other side. There's a lot of options for the year before the
0: that, the year before that they drafted two tight ends too that are essentially fullbacks, you yeah, know. Asiasi uh, and Keen. A lot of people were draft drafting them in dynasty and in some redraft cases thinking, "Oh, well, they they have a shot at tight end." Well, this is just all gadget blockers.
2: Yeah, it's very, I don't, I don't even want to say promising because it's really just <laughs> going to be like a boring run offense. But if you can win games that way, they will. I don't know how many fantasy games you're winning with anybody in this offense. Just to always double back to fantasy. I don't know who I would be targeting. Probably Damian Harris out of the running backs and probably the tight ends. And that's really it. Yeah, no, that's right. that's absolutely it. Cam, I mean, I'm Cam sure. Newton, if you want to take the flyer, do you think he's going to play quarterback and score some more touchdowns? He's not. He's not. He's not a bad quarterback last year from a fantasy perspective.
0: There's some Nelson great. Aguilar fans out there that'll probably want him, um, but all these players are going you know round ten or later. Right, Damian Harris is probably the only one that's going above round ten.
2: Yeah, and if you want to take a flyer on Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, I mean Jacoby Myers, for example, like by all means, round 10, 12, 14. I'm, I'm not going to hate on you for it, but if you're reaching and taking these guys in round like six above like Jarvis Landry or something, you're like, well, he's a wide receiver one. It's like, you can be the wide receiver one in the worst passing offense in the league. It doesn't do anything for you. I'd rather have the wide receiver two in A.J. Green in, in Arizona where they might throw the ball 600 times.
0: When I was Could arguing... next uh, Nikhil Harry. So. When I was arguing Tyrell, Tyrell <laughs> Williams in round 20 <laughs> yesterday. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, in some cases... It makes sense. But in this case, Patriots tied to a guy who really can't throw the ball or a rookie quarterback who we still have as very unproven. I'm, I'm hesitant about this team. Across yeah. the board. Yeah. I, I, and,
1: and, I mean, it's the same thing. It's it's This team's going to be winning the games on the ground. I mean, they were fourth in pass, uh rushing yards. Yeah. And, you know, pretty high up there in, in total rushing attempts. So, I mean, the, the team's going to win on the ground. They've got Cam Newton, a running quarterback. Mac Jones probably comes in and makes it a good fantasy offense for the wide receivers, but yep. when the hell's that gonna happen? Are you gonna right. gamble on it? No. Like right. I'm staying the hell away if I can. I'll
2: I'd take a tight end late. Yep. That I that's the most intriguing thing for me. Yeah, I'd be much more uh keen on picking up Mac Jones the week that Cam Newton gets hurt or something like that and just try to use your waiver priority or if you do fab budget in your league, like go after him hard there. Cause if Cam Newton goes down for any any period of time and Mac Jones is the quarterback that they name. He could take it over and never give it back again. That could be that could be your his Tom Brady moment, you know? But we,
0: we talk about and this is gonna happen at some point in the season. You know, you talk about playing chess instead of checkers. Think about what's gonna happen in that six to eight week range. Does Mac Jones make the running game better or worse? Probably better. Probably better? All right. Then at some point, keep in mind Damien Harris might be a bylaw candidate candidate.
2: Yeah, I mean if if Mac Jones comes in. All I, all I think all of the running backs see an uptick because Cam Newton is no longer taking 137 rush attempts and 12 touchdowns. Right. That has to be redistributed, whether it's to Damian Harrison, Michelle, James White, whoever's on Ramondre, all, of,
1: all of them. Like That's my biggest concern right. is
2: that we say, okay, the running game is going to be better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good luck picking. And J.J. Taylor looked good last year, and they added Ramondre Stevenson, who everybody and their brother saying could be the next LeGarrette Blunt style pounded in on the goal line guy. And if you don't want Cam Newton to get hurt, he might be your touchdown vulture. He might be your Jeffrey Wilson in this offense. Right. It's like, oh, my goodness gracious, who do I pick? I have no idea.
0: Thank you, San Francisco.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. And also trade next in this year. Cool. Yeah. Bills? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about a real football team that will probably win a lot more games this year, and that is your Buffalo Mafia, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills. 13-3 and last year. Kind of middle of the pack in offensive touches. I didn't expect to see that, but they were top two in points scored with 501. And that's what you want to see. Almost the highest in points scored. Almost the highest in uh, yards from scrimmage. Uh, Number three in passing, yards four. Running game was a little bit mm, bad. I mean, they're they're not quite what you want to see out of their team. But what you do have is your running efforts focused through Josh Allen which is fantastic if you can get Josh Allen in any fantasy format because he's going to continue to do do that while Devin Singletary and Zach Moss just don't look like viable NFL running backs, at least not to me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and they they brought in Brita, too. Like, it's just they brought in – it's kind of the same thing with Pats. It's a lot of mediocre running backs. And then you got Josh Allen, right, who – his passing work alone is good enough to make him a starting quarterback. But when he chips in, you know, 400 yards on the ground and eight TDs, it's not good for the running backs. It is good for Josh Allen. I would expect some regression from Josh Allen this year. Um, I mean, a 70% 70 completion percentage is
2: probably the highest he's ever had. (laughs) Yeah, and I was going to say that's probably – I mean, that's what you wanted to see. That was the big knock on him for the longest time was that Josh Allen had a powerful arm, but he couldn't locate – well, he threw it for 70% last year. The first year, they had a wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Anywhere near Stephon Diggs's caliber. So, yes, that's definitely his ceiling right now. I think, is it likely that he breaks a 70% ceiling? I don't think so. But if he can hover around that 65-70 to 70 range, he can... I mean, this is a very replicable year. There's no reason that he can't duplicate this year, year over year over year, as long as he keeps that talent around him. Because while Singletary and Moss are not great running backs that aren't taking a huge load off of him, they're still there. They're viable. People have to account for them. If you leave one of them wide open, they'll still house it on you. Right. But, I mean, then you have on Diggs. I mean, that's probably the, the most important guy that we need to talk about in this offense. He's dominated well, we the can, NFL last year. Yeah, well, I mean, we can, we can talk about the running backs real
1: quick, too, because, like, this is another situation. These guys aren't going to go undrafted. <laughs> and who would you rather have, mm. right? Like,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you saw Singletary gave up, like, a ton of ground to Moss. And
0: it seemed that way.
2: And then Moss got his opportunity, and he fumbled it away. He got, what, three fumbles in two games? And they were like, okay, well, I don't know, Singletary again? And then the coaching staff was like, right, 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 Josh Allen. That's that's who he used for running. I forgot.
0: Yeah, they don't have anything that they can really count on. Um, There was talks that they were going to go Travis Etienne in the first round if they fell to him. So that was obviously something on their mind. Came out after the fact that they weren't, you know, fully – expecting to get him but that's you know something to be concerned about if you're a singletary or moss owner or thinking about grabbing them you know they are a flex slash bent player you're not going to expect much from in the beginning part of the year or even towards
2: the end and and at least singletary carries the um, receiving work to me like that for me if i'm going to pick between the two i'm going with the guy who's going to actually catch passes especially if you're in a half ppr or full ppr format that's the easy pick but as far as a running back, I think Zach Moss is the more talented back and he was used on the goal line more often. So, right. You are doing a you're and, just doing, you know, mental ping pong trying to figure out who the better guy to pick is and
0: And the community believes in Moss more than Singletary. I believe his ADP is about a round or two before Singletary, so.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mean, which is scary for a guy like Singletary that coming into last year, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is the year he's going to take that step forward," and he just he just didn't. So, who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be another and I know a lot of people don't like him. I'm a big Matt Breida fan. I think there's somewhere in here he works in, and it's either three guys or it's two guys and one of them take a bounce. You know, it, it's it's going to suck, too, if it's three-headed and you spent a six-round pick or seventh-round pick on Devin Single. What's their ADP right now? Do you know? It's a, it's around the seventh, eighth round. Okay. Yeah, so right, right around that range. Yeah, Breida's seven, a guy that seven to 10, you could probably get a lot later
2: than that. And, and like you said, I'm well, he's probably going to go undrafted in most right. mostly, it's... Yeah, almost all formats. So if you're taking him, you're taking him in the dead last round. And his upside is huge. I'm also a big Breida guy. I don't think he was really given a fair opportunity in Miami to succeed. He only had 59 rush attempts. I know he was hurt a little bit. But he still almost turned in you know, four and a half yards a carry. It's nothing to write home about. But in an offense where he's got a quarterback to take some of that pressure off of him when I mean in Miami everybody in the brother knows they're running the ball most of the time especially as soon as Tua came in you know right running is what we're doing but with Josh Allen you are accounting for a lot more and Breida with his speed and his quickness what he's shown in the past when he played for San Fran like he can house a ball from 90 yards out and in, in the blink of an eye so I don't know it, it, it's interesting it's definitely an interesting ad it's a lot more interesting than TJ Yeldon and guys they've had in the past there like Booby Williams like Taiwan Jones, these are guys that are not going to run the ball at an effective clip. Like, I don't care that Booby Williams had a massive Week 17 outburst for, you know, 60 yards and two touchdowns. Don't put a lot of stock in that. Matt Breed is here to take all those. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, and, and,
1: you know, it's, it's funny, too, because they bring in Emmanuel Sanders, right, and we look at what Stephon Diggs did last year, and it's kind of the same thing. It's like I wouldn't expect Emmanuel Sanders to come in and, like, take a chunk out of uh, out of Diggs's spot no what is really interesting to me is Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and how does that play out? Yeah, I mean Cole Beasley was a solid little player. He had 107 targets last year. I mean, he almost had a thousand yards. He was a solid little like wide receiver three that probably went undrafted in most formats. Kirill like Davis, three. yeah, I think he was almost wide
2: receiver two territory. Well, yeah.
0: High wide, he yeah, was wide receiver 27.
2: And, and again, he is, has his whole whole own situation going on with him not getting vaccinated and yada yada. He's fighting with everybody and their brother on social media and whatnot, saying he might retire. I think he still plays. I think he's a, he's a football guy who wants to play football. But if he sits. Emmanuel Sanders' value goes to the roof.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, that's who he Emmanuel Sanders he eats into more as Cole Beasley than Gabriel Davis um, because Gabriel Davis did start to come on a little bit towards the end of the season when John Brown uh, was hurt. So that, that role that Davis is going to have is going to be on the outside. It's not going to be on the inside, and that's what Sanders and Beasley are going to be fighting over.
2: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. Sanders has, I mean, crushed it for every team he's played for. Whether he did it in a fantasy perspective or just on the field, but he's killed it for every team he's ever played for, which is like half the league at this point. But he still has it. Great route runner. Fantastic across the middle. Pretty fearless guy. Good uh, yards after catch. I mean, that's everything you want. But if it's him and Cole Beasley fighting over 107 targets, and they end up splitting it down the middle, I don't know if either of them are viable.
1: Well, I mean, so, and one thing we actually didn't mention with the Patriots, which... Whatever. Patriots suck. They did have 113 vacated targets, um, just between kind of shit players. I mean, Yeldon, Sam McKenzie. I mean, they, re- they, yeah. I mean, they did lose – They
0: revamped everyone. I mean, Dem- Demir Bird, led the team last year, Oh, no,
1: no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the Bills. The Bills have 113 vacated oh. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, targets. It's, we it's, did, yeah, we, we didn't do it for Patriots. the Patriots, the Bills, but – right?
2: The Point Patriots are not
1: going to have any fantasy relevant Point players. of reference, the
2: Patriots had 171, which is still kind of a lot. But, yes. um,
1: but yeah, so Buffalo, they have 113 <gasps> vacated targets. But it's like it, – this is one of those weird stats that's like, okay, yeah, so they had so many vacated targets, but where'd they come from? Uh, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown. Like, it was a collection of people that added this up. So it's not exactly like all of a sudden you can say, oh, all 115 – 113 targets are going right to Emmanuel Sanders – you, can't, you cannot do that. I mean, they also brought in Jacob Hollister, who he's probably coming in and just as a blocking tight end. They also don't have a tight end. I mean, I don't think they're planning on using Dawson Knox much. Yeah,
2: Dawson Knox was their guy last year, and he got hurt with the concussion, and then he kind of just never really looked great. He never, he never broke out. He's a freak athlete, super, super fast for a tight end. Does not block well, and they're... I mean, it, it's hard to stay on the field as a tight end if you can't block. I mean, we've yeah. seen it with... A lot of players in the past, and unless you're a transcendent talent at the wide receiver position, then you're not on the field. So, sorry to tell you that, Dawson Knox, but learn how to block if you're going to be a tight end. But they dumped the guys that used to do all the blocking for him, Tyler Croft and Lee Smith. So, yeah. not really sure what their plan is. There were rumors they were going to bring in Zach Ertz. Yeah. If that happens, you have 113 targets going to him, Emmanuel Sanders, and they also brought in the rookie, Marquez Stevenson, who's just kind of like a burner. But then he ran the slowest, Forty time that you ever saw it was like four three five, no,
1: four four, uh, four five, four, yeah, four five or something <laughs> like that, four five, three. I was They're
2: gonna say four three.
1: That kind of sounds like a burner.
2: Like people were <laughs> people were expecting him in the four three range, and then he ran like a four five three or something like that. Yeah, he was like, I wasn't feeling that well. Oh, and
0: those pro day clocks too didn't do many service.
2: Right, exactly. But like again, so that's that's another guy you bring in. Now you read all these miles to feed. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically that Zach Hurts even goes there, but if you bring in anybody to play tight end because Dawson Knox isn't cutting it, then that's another mouth to feed.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're glad that didn't happen. Um. So, real quick. So, I mean, Stephon Diggs is going to get Stephon Diggs' stuff. He's still going to be, like, a first-round pick, in my opinion. Is there another wide receiver that you're interested in? Because, like, I think I'm more interested in the upside of Gabriel Davis than I am Emmanuel Sanders.
2: I agree. I would take uh, Davis ahead of Sanders, but if we get any clarity into Cole Beasley, yeah. if he's playing, I want Cole Beasley this year. That's a good point. Shut up, Mango. I'm not trading for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I for my answer, I there's three wide receivers that I feel like can all pretty much be in the same category if if they're all three gonna be cogs to each other, so not really sure. I I have much on it. I would want Davis maybe after round ten, but I don't know if I'd go after Beasley or Sanders. In my personal opinion, there's probably other fantasy players out there. There's 80 wide receivers this year that you can take from.
1: Yeah, 80 wide receiver too. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can you can also look at the team. You know, and it's it's funny, right? Because when you look at these teams, right, so like Buffalo is number two in offensive point score. Like these are the teams you want to target to yeah. select players from like That's you don't want to be like oh I want to select a Patriots guy it's like no that that team can't yeah. score Buffalo can score at will they, they scored 501 points so take a shot
2: on one of these guys the interesting thing I was just about to say this too though is their defense was <laughs> middle of the pack last year and they drafted like almost all defense this year yeah so if their goal is to play better defense maybe just maybe you don't have the ball so often to score 501 points maybe get some longer drives maybe stall out and force some field goals instead of just the other team marching down the field and you and scoring uh you know 40 to 30 point wins or mm-hmm. you know they score 40 the other team scores 30 against them but that's hypothetical their i mean their defense could suck just as bad this year yeah jets 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 2 and 14 last year really good oh. year um pretty bad now they went out, and I would say they had a better draft. I just want to start there. Like they got rid of a lot of players that were not contributing.
1: They got rid of uh, Adam Gase. They got rid of Adam. So Gase. I mean,
2: that's a that's a massive
1: win in the off season. Yep, players, as as coaches, concerned. and GMs that were not contributing are what gone. What a fucking
2: schmuck he is. I can't wait for, again, the next crop of Adam gase players to come out and just <laughs> dominate. So the Jets will be 16-0 and or 17-0 and this year. Sorry, long, Sam, elongated schedule. Sam
1: Darnold is going to have like a Hall of Fame type season in oh. Carolina
2: now that he's not under Gase. Wouldn't All even right. surprise me. Go on. Sorry. But yeah, so they come out. They draft <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson doesn't have to deal with Adam Gase. He gets a real um, coach in Robert Sala coming over from the Niners. Very interested to see what he does in his first year as a head coach. That, that'll that be fun to watch. And to follow in the vein of the, the Niners, he brought over his offensive coordinator with him, correct? That was his offensive coordinator, um, Matt, Mike.
0: They split it up between an offensive and run game coordinator. Mike LeFleur was the offensive yeah. uh, passing
1: coordinator.
2: So that'll be very, very interesting to see how he gels with both. They have a
1: passing and a running... Coordinator, for, not just an for offensive
0: the, for the Niners last year. They had a run game coordinator and a passing. Okay, game that makes
1: that makes sense because the
2: Niners were a bit of a shit show last year. Yeah. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure I heard that right. So That's, he took the okay.
1: passing
0: game coordinator with them,
2: which Weird. is good. I mean, if you're gonna if your plan is to bring in a quarterback and Zach Wilson, you bring the passing right. game coordinator. He right. probably has a history of coaching it's up quarterbacks. Also,
0: and, Mike LaFleur, which is Matt.
2: LaFleur. I was going to say La- Matt LaFleur's brother. Right. I didn't yeah. know if it was brother or cousin or whatever. But we're going to go brother. Young. Yeah.
0: Just to pull that out of my ass. <laughs>
2: they're definitely related. And they're they're both young, which is good to know. But um, very, very interesting to see how Zach Wilson shells in his first year. He's probably, not even probably, he's going to be the starter day one. He has no competition at, at the spot. So who knows what they do. But you have some decent talent around him. I say decent with a lot of upside. I mean, Denzel Mims comes into his second season. Everyone's young. Yeah, very interesting to see uh, him take another step forward. Also, they brought in... Um, Elijah Corey Moore. Davis, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, Elijah Moore in the draft as well. They're Corey Davis Keelan in Cole. free agency, Keelan Cole, and you still have uh, Jamison Crowder there who took a pay cut.
0: I was not expecting the pay cut. no, hours. no one was actually expecting that to happen. They wanted them to move from like it was eleven million dollars to like two. I think they settled for like six or something like that.
2: Yeah, and so I mean, at all of those positions, you have talent, youth, speed, and. Even with Corey Davis, you get some size, and uh, Denzel Mims, you get some size. So
0: yeah, so so Mike LaFleur actually came out and said Corey Davis is like the best size for his offense. He's got the big wingspan, he's got the height. That's what and the physicality. That's what he said when he singled out Corey Davis. That's who he wanted on his team. And then they did say too, Denzel Mims has that same mold, but they want to work him around the field a little bit more because Corey Davis is going to be doing that. So essentially, from what my understanding is in all the Lafleur comments, is that Corey Davis is the one, and he should be getting upwards of over 100 targets in this in this offense.
2: That's exactly what you want to see. And he has a really good catch radius. I mean, we've, we've seen Tannehill succeed with him for now for the last well year, year and a half. If Zach Wilson gets the ball close to him, he should go up and get it, which is fantastic. Flip side, running game. They brought in Michael Carter. They still have 17,000 running backs there. We have no idea who's going to be the guy.
1: Tevin Coleman.
2: Tevin Coleman, Michael Ty, P. Ryan, Ty, Ty Johnson. Johnson. Ty Johnson is what, who everybody is saying is leading the camp right now, which is just preposterous. I don't believe that. I believe that's Adam Gase spillover residue. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that they have running backs that I would actually like to see run the ball, and then instead I'm going to watch Ty Johnson's goofy-ass run for freaking 54 attempts last year. Like th- this, is the, this is the thing, though. Michael Pierre ran last year, 64. Johnson, 54. Sam Darnold had 37, and Josh Adams had 29 attempts. Everybody else was irrelevant. I well, mean, you Frank, had
1: Frank Gore had 187.
2: <laughs> right, and we, and we assume that Frank Gore is not coming back because he's still <laughs> not signed to Adam a contract, Gase. man. But if, like, if you're Adam Gase, why are you not developing the young guys and you're giving Frank Gore almost 200 carries? Why didn't you give Lev Bell the ball? You signed him to a big ass contract. They
0: were trying to lose. We all know this, and they still failed at that. They still couldn't get Trevor. Okay, it's pathetic. Let's get past past the fact that they were trying to
2: lose. And then the one big problem with. The Jets, well, one of the many big problems with the Jets is they still don't have a tight end. They've got Chris Herndon, who it's been his breakout year for the last five seasons, and he can't stay on the field, can't do anything. So, not sure what their plan is at tight end. Rookie quarterback's favorite weapon is a tight end. Yeah, they well,
1: they one. drafted this rookie named Kenny a boy. Boy. boy.
2: Kenny Ya Boy.
1: Kenny your Boy. I mean, so I hope. Gotta, it's
2: got to be the guy. Yeah. So who knows what happens with the offense their defense is still uh probably bottom of the barrel i don't think they made any huge moves there that are going to they're going to shake up the league um they 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 do
0: get back uh cj Mosley. he was an he was a covid, COVID out right. he was like a top 10 linebacker but i mean right one linebacker does not. In a they just make. three days ago failed to bring back again another really good safety. They lost Jamal Adams, and now Marcus May is someone that they're about to lose after this season because they just don't know how to get their head out of their ass and pay pay good players.
2: Right? They're like, uh, well, you're kind of a bum, and you've been in the league for 65 years. Uh, Frank Gore, would you like I don't know, like five million a year? <laughs> then Marcus May's like, I just want to like you know three and a half mil, and they're like, mm, I don't know, man, tighten the purse strings. <laughs> Can't just be paying people out here. Well they, they have Jamal the... Adams? No, he's not that good. Send him to Seattle.
0: They had him on the t- they have May Whoops. on the tag.
2: Yeah, of course. It's like,
0: yeah, why let's let's pay the guy fifteen million instead of, you know. 80, Seven eight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so in in redraft, like I'm I'm looking at this right now. I think I would touch Corey Davis. Yes. Hundred yes. percent uh, Corey yes. Davis.
2: I will probably take Denzel Mims late. Um Zach Wilson. Definitely a
0: flyer for Mims.
2: Zach yeah. Wilson, I have no idea. I don't think I'd touch him. Crowder
0: has a place in this offense. If it's going to be the San Francisco
1: passing game coordinator,
2: you I, know he's going to
1: so, be. But my thing, I'm really interested in Elijah Moore.
2: Same. But he's, same he's same like, thing. He's a guy he's that a future I would guy. I would dump yeah. my uh, fab budget on if he has, like, one good week. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. draft him. No. But he comes out and puts up 15 points week one. I'll put, like, 40 bucks on him. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go. When you, <laughs> when you talk, and I'm not going to try, I, I, would,
0: I would say if I were to compare this uh, Jameson Crowder wide receiver to Cam Newton, the quarterback, and then Elijah Moore, Mac Jones, that kind of tandem. I mean, I think Crowder is actually better at his position than Newton is at his. But that's how it seems to me. I think midseason there might the, vet, be a shift. the veteran to the rookie, the and I think there'll the be rookie. a shift. And I think more will end up, you know, starting to get, uh, you know, a lot, you know, no pun intended, more reps. Interesting. We're, we still recording? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: it <laughs> appears that we are. A quick power surge there. Apparently, um,
1: what the hell was that all? I don't about? know, but your Roku just reset. So, Mike.
2: Nope, I'm trying to reconnect. I'm trying to, to, to reconnect. The
1: well, the Wi-Fi is down, so this is interesting. I don't know what just happened. I wonder if Liz just got home.
0: Well, we still have the uh, podcast rolling, right? It, we do. Okay, All and right. and this is... I mean, I don't have to leave this screen, and I can still scroll down. Yeah. So we're good.
2: The only <laughs> other guy in this... The one guy in this offense, too, though, that we haven't talked about is Michael Carter, the rookie running back that we yes. drafted. He's a guy that I'm interested in because he has probably a clear path to actual reps, if Tevin Coleman gets his yearly injury, Ty Johnson and Michael P. Ryan suck, who else runs the ball? Tevin like, Coleman. Tevin Coleman. He's already dead. He's got, he's got a torn hamstring. <laughs> it's week two. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why that power went out. I mean, maybe it's because we got so many things.
0: Yeah, before. but you got Michael Sorry. Carter who had, I think it was... Um, I can't read that's not reading, right? Eight yards per carry in college. That is yeah, right. That is correct. 156 attempts, 1, twelve hundred rushing yards, and nine touchdowns. That's pretty unreal. Very athletic player. You got an A minus in the athletic score. Yeah. Drafted I mean, in the fourth round. I mean, this is this is someone that there was uh one reporter that did say, you know, in the near future, this is Michael Carter's backfield. And that's that's a B reporter watching the Jets practices. So that is someone that, you know, I, I think again, should eventually take over the job. Coleman might be there just to help him learn the offense. But realistically, Michael Carter at the end of the year will be the lead back.
2: Well, and that's actually a very interesting point that I hadn't thought about at all. Um, this is Sala and an offensive coordinator from the Niners bring over Tevin Coleman to help teach the new guys. This is the offense. He knows it. He hasn't really run it because he's been hurt, but he still knows it.
0: We're just not used to smart things being done by the Jets. Right? <laughs> it's it's
2: right. a, it's a fantastic approach if that's what they're doing. If they if they brought him over here to play, I think it's stupid. If they brought him over here to help coach, I think it's the greatest move that anybody's ever made. Yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins. It's moving on. Dolphins are probably actually a great way to end it. So I like I kind of like that we did it this way. Very fantastically interesting team to watch this year. Brian Flores has this, the rebuild so far ahead of schedule that I think even the Dolphins were shocked. I mean, they started Fitzpatrick last year and ended up having to bring Tua in because they were doing so well. They're like, I think that he might actually be able Whoops. to win, win some games. Yeah. He couldn't. That was a mistake. <laughs> they should have rolled with Fitzpatrick. They probably would have won the freaking Super Bowl. But in any case, Tua comes in. Doesn't look great. I, I won't say he looks terrible. Uh, he looks like a rookie quarterback. He needs a little bit more polish. But Brian Flores has now given him every single weapon, or Brad Flores and the, the Miami Dolphins front office have given him every potential opportunity to, to succeed. I mean, you've got Devontae Parker still there from last year, so you should have some rapport, some chemistry with him. You bring in Will Fuller, who's going to miss one game, and then go back doing Will Fuller things, bombing down the field and catching slants for ADR touchdowns. And who else do you have there that I forget about? Oh, the rookie, Jalen Waddle that they brought right. in. Right. Who, yeah. who was... A very, Preston very highly Williams. touted prospect. Preston Williams, who can't stay healthy to save his life. I lost yeah. that bet last year with Dablin. Uh, <laughs> Dablin. Whoops. Dablin. Yeah, unfortunately, Dablin. that was
0: one of our sleepers or dart throws, one of them.
2: Yeah, you know, that's the risky run when you get attached to these weird players. But uh, in any case, Jalen Waddle was probably, I don't want to say the surprise of the draft, because there were definitely some pundits saying that he could go to the Dolphins. But a lot of people had the Dolphins taking other players, not Jalen, not named Jalen Waddle. So oh, I think a lot of people thought Chase was falling to them. So yes. I think they thought Chase was falling to him. Right. <laughs> so they still they take him. They obviously have some faith in the kid. They they wanted him. They took him. He should be a big factor in the offense. And he has the opportunity week one because you're not even gonna have Will Fuller there to do anything. So if he comes out and has a fantastic game, there's your role. The bigger question mark is the running game. This has been the question mark. In Miami, for since so Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown,
0: one year of J.H.R. <laughs> oh, Ronnie,
1: Ronnie Brown, downtown Ronnie Brown. I mean, Ricky Williams, what a running back,
2: yeah. And, and I mean, the, honestly, the surprise of the season or last year was their defense being probably one of the better units in the league. They were consistently stopping other teams and producing points of their own. Mm-hmm. If you're a league that uses defenses, Miami last year was a great choice, New England was a great choice. Bills and Jets were not great choices. No. But if, again, they have not lost a ton of pieces on defense, they added some in the draft. It, it's an interesting little uh, little wrinkle if you're still a defense using league. But ba- I want to get back to the running backs. You have another AFC East team, which is the hodgepodge of running backs. It doesn't seem like there's a running back in the division. At this point, that's that's the go to guy. They're all in these huge committees Miles Gaskin, Salvan Akhamed. Two is going to run it. Fitz is no longer there. Patty Laird is still there. Lynn, Lynn Bowden, Bowden or yeah. Bowden. Uh, they brought in Malcolm Brown. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Lev Bell or Todd Gurley on yeah, the horizon.
1: I was going to say, like that That to me is the bigger shocker, that they haven't brought somebody in with names like Lev Bell and Todd Gurley. Because Miami wanted Lev Bell yep. last year when he was released by the Jets, and Lev wanted to play for a, a championship contender. And now this year apparently he's looking for offensive opportunities. Look no further than Miami in your rap career. Like <laughs> how
2: is this not Yeah, I mean, right now, if Gaskin is the guy, 142 attempts for five hundred and eighty four yards and three touchdowns, that's 4.11 yards per carry. That's not that's not good enough to keep a starting job. Like I don't know oh, he's it. a I, I think he's a bad running back. So per, that was... I mean, both of them I think
1: are like just
0: They were all hurt. Uh, I mean, Ahmed—he uh, came in uh, Ahmed. I don't I care. Yeah. He came in probably towards the end of the year where he he didn't actually start um, he gashed or get the
2: Patriots to death.
0: Right, like he didn't actually get playing time rather than being hurt. But Gaskin was hurt a lot. Yeah, uh, and Gaskin was hurt the year prior. I mean, he was he was on the team. He was just behind and and same with Laird. You know, he he was was in but not really like really all that involved. Um, my my biggest thing that I, I wanted to kind of point out too with this running game is they are going to focus on it and I can tell they're going to focus on it based on their offensive coordinator hires, um, Eric Studzville and uh, George Godsey were actually very you know intriguing to me when I was was putting the, together the coaching spreadsheet. They have. So he's the Stoudemire is the previous offensive line coach, and George Godsey was the previous tight end coach. So there's obvious focus on the offensive line in in that area, and I think that that's a good thing for the running game. So if Gaskin is the guy, he will surprise people. If if it is Ahmed, he will surprise people. It's figuring out who that is. Is it right. a fifty fifty, and 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 that's what concerns me too with the passing game in this. With Tua only having, you know, 64% completion where, yeah, okay, maybe that's a fine number. It just didn't seem like he was getting to that level. It, it seemed as though that he was throwing a lot more air in a lot, you know, very, you know, timid kind of uh, uh, passing game last
2: season. Yeah, well, and, and to your point, he had a 64% completion percentage, but his yards per attempt were just over six. Like, that's a... No, that's not good that's at all. That's dink and dunk.
0: That's bad. Yeah. Like... You, you you I think the threshold's usually around seven when you're looking at fantasy football. Yeah. And you know, even just as an overall offense in general, um Cam Newton, I am gonna go up back up to his. His was seven point two two.
2: Yeah, and Josh Allen, who's a good quarterback, was seven point nine four. Right. So, so that's so, where you want to be, not in the low sixes.
0: Yeah. Especially that. Yeah. So and that Bryce
2: Fitzpatrick was seven point eight
0: three. We all know the Swagic, baby. We all know if it's magic was duped.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. Oh, um, and and then again, Malcolm Brown being there in in the in the backfield is is a question mark of epic proportions because he's been a guy who just kind of seems to to lay in wait for one guy to go down. Then he has a few good weeks, and he himself gets hurt. And then he comes back, and it's a, another huge question. So there's all those guys, but he they went a, out and they signed him quickly. Like he was, you know, made available. The Dolphins are like, hey, that's our guy, like veteran
1: what? veteran what? running back that can pass block. Yeah, you know, and it, and if they bring in. A LeBell or Todd Gurley, watch Gaskin or Ahmed get cut. Mm.
0: That's yeah. what that's what
1: I would be saying. I just it, my circuit breaker didn't trip, so, so everybody's aware. That's what good. was I that's well,
0: who was the team that tried to steal Malcolm Brown from the Rams a couple years ago? Ooh. Was it the Ravens or was it the Lions? Yeah, I don't seems know. Like, Craig. Seems like a Lions
1: move. It seems like a good Co- question because
0: the reason why I ask is because the new offensive coordinator was the Detroit Lions uh
2: offensive it was the Lions they uh, it was the Lions him at $3.25 so, there offer a sheet. Yep. so there is a connection. So there
0: is a connection. Okay. That's what I wanted to figure out and that's very important to note that there's already an offensive yeah. coordinator that tried to get Malcolm Brown on the team, and been now after him he for years. so he's been after him for years. So <laughs> that is very important to note.
2: I beamed him in the minors. He's been following me around ever since. So it's, got, it's <laughs> kind of weird. Malcolm Brown's not a very good running back. <laughs> Highly coveted. Like, this is like Tom got his job as like an offensive coordinator, and then he signs uh freaking Darwin Thompson like day one. I've been after you forever. <laughs> I've been watching you since high school. You are finally mine. <laughs> Um, Malcolm Brown, Week One waivers. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other interesting guy that you mentioned is, was it which one was the the tight end coach? Uh, Stoodsville So that's really good news for a friend of the program, Mike Kasicky.
0: Yeah, well,
2: he's in a he's in a position of power. Loves tight ends.
0: Funny, fun, I I just love these think These guys are just so funny to me. You know who, who uh, Stoodsville was the interim uh, uh, head coach for the Denver Broncos after uh, Josh uh, Josh, McDaniels Josh McDaniels was fired. <laughs>
2: Classic. What's so up? all the connections in the NFL are funny. Um, one of the best things that the Dolphins have probably done this year, we need to talk about, it, is releasing Jordan Howard. A uh, Guy ran backwards yes. last year and somehow managed to score four touchdowns, one point one eight yards per carry,
0: greatest in the league,
2: uh, un-
0: unreal. But, heard, heard he's on the roster bubble for Philadelphia. Yeah, didn't Each. didn't didn't picture
2: that, <laughs> right? Um, and then Will Fuller, probably the biggest guy that they brought in, big, yeah. one of the biggest names in free agency this year. Dolphins land him. Who knows what it turns into? He could be the greatest wide receiver in the league. He could do absolutely nothing. And All it's right. really no in-between. We had
0: a heated discussion on Will Fuller a couple days ago in our Slack chat. And we, Us? we yeah, heated. We were talking about whether to pick him for our best ball draft. I know that Will Fuller was someone in the Houston Tech and for the Houston Texans that was going deep, getting, you know, deep passes, always on the money, getting a lot of uh, touchdowns over there and able to put up a lot of fantasy points when he was healthy. Well, now he's got an entirely different type of quarterback. He doesn't have Deshaun Watson, who has the strong arm to get it to him. He has Tua, and I think it's a completely opposite, you know, style, and I don't think that it's going to work out for Will Fuller. That's my take. You guys are extremely opposite of that, so I think it's good for the podcast that we talk about that.
2: Yeah, and I, I think if Scott was here, he'd have my back too. But um, And I, I I don't disagree with your assessment that Tua and Deshaun Watson are incredibly different style quarterbacks. I think I would be a fool to make the argument to the contrary. But like we talked about earlier, Tua's average yards per, t- per attempt were 6.26. Great. We've seen Will Fuller 100 times run a three-yard slant and then just be faster than everybody else on the field. He did to the Patriots three times in one game. Like, take it. Right across the field to the sideline, outrun every linebacker, and then on your way to, to pay dirt. And if Tua can only throw the ball six yards, fan friggin fantastic I love it. If he can also gel with the guy and finally learn how to throw the ball downfield, and he has, first of all, Devontae Parker taking probably the number one guy still. Will Fuller either matches up against the backup cornerback, or you flip it and then Devontae Parker has a great year. But Will Fuller should have the opportunity to occasionally burn down the field. And then as soon as people start to respect his speed on the outside, you hit him with a little starter step slant, and then boom, there we go. There's the whole offense. I, I would run that 10 times a game and just see if you hit I mean, him. We've seen Odell Beckham do it, and he's 5'2".
1: Yeah, I mean, and they also didn't really have anybody that played the Wolf Fuller role. Now, I think there is something to what you were saying. Like, I don't think Wolf Fuller is probably going to have the year that he's had in Texas. I just think the deep road is gone. Houston. And
0: I know that that's not what Will Fuller was the only thing he was good no, for. I, agree. I know he's extremely athletic. I'm just saying, as defensive coordinators, if that's all he's going to do is slant, or if he's always going to come across the middle, that's something that they're going to pay attention to. And I just don't think that 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 play downfield is there for him
2: anymore. I just think no matter who the quarterback is, you're in the NFL, and it's Will Fuller. Like if he runs in and he gets a step or a half step on a, on a D back, and your play is throw the ball as far as you can, he runs under it yeah like
0: huge fan of Will Fuller yeah huge fan of Will Fuller I am a hater of Tua and I
2: don't blame you I'm not happy that he's tied to Tua either I would much rather him be tied to Deshaun Watson last year like that being said I like Jalen Waddle hey listen (laughs) Listen. because Jalen Waddle is going to run the same slant because he
1: also has played together in college yeah Fitz Fitz is going to coach up In Washington. Okay. And then he's going to join Miami and and make a run for the championship with Fuller and Parker and I mean, Waddle and Gusicki. In a perfect world. But, and, and again, I, I, mean, I think the perfect world, he plays with Patriots. Let's be real.
2: <laughs> and I think Will Fuller as well is probably not going to give you what he did last year with like consecutive 25, 30 point games, just rattling him off left and right three touchdown games. But in, in a best ball league, which was my main case. Like If he gives you two or three 30-point games a year, you're like, all right, well, there we go. He's mostly fine. But if it was redraft, I'd have a little bit more hesitation, but I'm still taking him. Like, right. Yeah, I think he'd still
0: be. You know what? It's, per- it's a... perfect that we've actually come to this, and I remember this. We put up a poll earlier today. Oh, nice. What wide receiver does the fantasy football community want more, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, or Jalen Waddle? Well, 69, nice. percent. Nice. Say Will Fuller,
2: woo! And I, I didn't if to use my burner accounts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not even close. Ran away with it. How many total votes did we have on there? Um, that's not important. <laughs> but we're, we 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 did we did reach double digits. Nice. That's all, right, that, well, that's, that's all I need to
1: know. That's good. Probably ninety nine. Uh, we can probably call that. We've the had ASA triple digits once. I know. I, mean,
2: I people love the polls, man.
1: Yeah. Keep them keep them going. Ooh. We got it. Maybe you should toss a poll up right now, see if we can get answers for the West. That's what's coming up after this one. Well. I'll try and do it quickly, yeah. <laughs> who's the best team we'll in the think, West? We'll have to think uh, about Who's it? the best uh, in the West? It's Will case. Smith. He's <laughs> <laughs> weird. The Chiefs got 100% of the vote. Um, all right. Well, Scotty's going to be on the next one. Scotty. And the next podcast is going to be the AFC East. So uh, uh, AFC West. AFC West, excuse me. This we'll go over uh, our Scott Fishbowl team real quick. We're only at five, 45 minutes here. We did a really good job.
0: Well, I mean, we have to point out Mike Kosicki. We talked about, you know,
1: like everyone six. else on the, on the team. We didn't talk about Mike Kosicki. Why he in, he introduced he introduced the show. I will say Mike Kosicki, top ten tight end.
2: Oh wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all. What's yeah. that? Sixty points a year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sixty points Oh, Oh, no. You score one touchdown, you could be a it's top seven, ten. Tight
0: end. He had seven hundred uh receiving yards and six touchdowns last year. Again, to a, ta- a is now gonna be playing all game. Yeah, all but season. he's
2: he I mean he's a freak athlete. If he gets open, million percent chance of housing one at, at any given time. Uh he has a few combine just, records too. Does he?
0: Uh, highest vert, uh, I believe. No, don't quote me, but it's in the forties. I don't know if it's 40, 41, 42. and then he ran a four-four-four.
2: I mean, I mean, the guy's an absolute, absolute specimen out there. It's just a matter of him getting the ball thrown to him and then staying healthy and staying on the field, which he's done so far. Right? just fingers crossed. Kyle Pitts broke his.
1: Uh, Kyle Pitts is
0: gonna tight, hey, tight end forty
1: yard <laughs> dash. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm looking Liz's my wife is currently texting me that roads right around us are out of power <laughs> same exact spot where the microburst happened last year right around the same time so oh, I was just shit. like I was like microburst heads up mango <laughs> but the Bruins didn't win the coast <laughs> um, alright so yeah so the west is coming up uh, Top Shelf Fantasy Top Shelf Fantasy.com Twitter, Instagram, Facebook Top Shelf FNTSY Top Shelf Fantasy Stay Fluid
0: Stay loose.